Monday, Cody James in here. What a weekend. We had back-to-back Stanley Cup Finals games. And they were both thrilling. We got two overtime games. Love it. We're going to break those down. It's a Monday. We're coming to you live on 12 Ounce Sports Ingo TV channel 761. Cody Jane's in here with you. Follow me on Twitter at Janner31. World Hockey Pro on Twitter at World Hockey RPT. Show brought to you as always by mybookie.ag. Use promo code 120Z Sports on mybookie.ag. They're going to match your deposit up to $1,000. That simple. That easy. Go to mybookie.ag today. Promo code 120Z Sports. Let's get it rolling because, wow, we got a game five to talk about. The stars aren't dead. Scory Perry, what is up? Heyman Pavelski, they're lighting it up. Six goals. The last six goals for the Dallas Stars. We also got a game six preview. That's coming up tonight, six o'clock. You don't want to miss it. Game six. Wow. Did it not feel like it was over at 3-1? After Shattenkirk scores that goal Friday night? I don't know. And the Stars are banged up too. It'll be crazy finish. I'm interested to see. I hope you are as well. And that's our Wits Nutrition and Performance question of the day. What's your prediction for tonight? We're keeping it simple. If you can't answer this, I don't know. I'm not going to say you shouldn't be watching the show, but come on. you got to have some sort of prediction. Everyone's a couch expert. Let us know, though. What's your thoughts? What's going to happen tonight? I'm really curious to see which way people are leaning. Because I, I feel like although Game 5 wasn't a pretty win for the Stars, I feel like the momentum shifts back to them. We'll dive a little bit more into that. Of course, today's show also brought to you by Verbero Hockey, the best in custom team apparel. Andy Sutton and his team have got it figured out. Lightest sticks on the market. Plus, the best prices, the best apparel in the game. Team stores set up just for you. Go check them out, VerberoHockey.com. If you want a discount, hey, just shoot us a message at World Hockey RPT. We'll hook you up. We'll get you a discount. If not, just go shop. Hey, support them. Pay full price. That's your call, VerberoHockey.com today. As I said, we got a ton, ton to get to. Game 5 recap. We'll start it off with that. Game 6 preview. We got a bunch of NHL news. Oh boy, we had the analytics community stirring. And I know the boys from Tarps Off Hockey. If, you know, if they're watching, which I'm sure Chris is, maybe McLovin too as well. Man, we had those analytics guys running circles. Some funny stuff going up there as well. We're going to break into that. We will get to your answers. Which nutrition performance question of the day? That's up on Twitter at World Hockey RPT. We're on Facebook as well. World Hockey Report there. Breaking down Game 5. We'll start off with that, but I don't want to forget to mention our guest, 845. Former NHLer, long-time NHLer. I mean, come on. Rangers legend, Ron Duque. Going to hop on the show, 845. I'm excited for that one. He's going to have some great stories. I mean, you look at just the guys he played with. That's every kid's dream growing up. Those are the guys that I watched. And, you know, it's incredible. You're talking Gretzky. You're talking Mario. You're talking Guy Lafleur. The, the, the lineups go on and on. He also had some incredible years. I mean, hey, you're over point per game. Playing on the Rangers. One of the biggest stages, you got an original 16, you're a first-round draft pick, you're jumping in as a teenager? Give me a break. Ron's going to have some great stories. That's coming up at 8.45. I do got to talk game five, though, because, oh my goodness, 3-2 stars win, double overtime, Corey Perry. Nice patience, nice patience. You know, he kind of tucks it around the goaltender. Or is he, yeah, tucks it around, righty style. Around Vasilevsky. I mean, what a hockey play to begin with because everyone who's playing beer league at 10 o'clock at night and probably most of the NHL is just hacking that into Vasilevsky's pads. Nope. Not Perry. He knows. He knows Vasilevsky's big on the ground. He's going to take up all that. He's going to stop that first shot if he sees it. So what does he do? He makes that first save. Perry gets the rebound. Instead of jamming it back at him, takes that extra second, pushes it up top, Walks it around, 
tucks it home, well, tucks it, hammers it home. Doesn't matter at that point. Goes in, stars 3-2. That's what Tampa leads in this series, 3-2. They could end tonight. But you got to feel like that's a missed opportunity for the star, or for the Bolts. We'll see. We'll see how they bounce back. It'll be interesting. Pavelski, I mean, uh, are, are Corey Perry and Joe Pavelski not Dallas Star legends after this? I mean, there's been so many eyes on it. And not to say that 99 or 2000, 2001 aren't memorable moments. But there's way more people watching today than there was back then. Now I get it, not in person. I get it, you're not going to have the parades, you're not going to have the celebrations. But we're 20 years down the road, the age of social media, you know, everything's being broadcast across TV. I just feel like that hype has to be a little bit more there for Dallas. And these new age fans, you know, they are going to remember your Brent Hall's. Newendikes, Belfour. They're going to remember those guys, but not at the extent of this 2020 COVID Cup run. This has been absolutely insane. And you've got Joe Pavelski, a former San Jose Shark, and Corey Perry, a former Anaheim Duck, crushing it, crushing it for Dallas. So you got to love seeing that. They're legends. They are legends in my book. I don't even think it's up for debate anymore. They got six. They got the last six goals for Dallas. This is a team whose core was supposedly Jamie Benn, Tyler Sagan. Where have they been? Radulov, show up, buddy. They've not been good. I mean, why is Ben's got zero confidence, and it all comes into overtime? And I get it. He wanted to sauce that pass. That was still a bad pass if he saucer passes it or not. Shoot it. They got no confidence. Tyler Sagan's got no confidence. Ben's, you know, Radulov hasn't found his groove. I feel like Radulov doesn't play good against Russians, though. I don't know if this is a fact or not, but, I mean, let me know if I'm wrong. Sergachev's all over him. Vasilevsky. It just, it just feels like Radulov doesn't have it. He doesn't. Like, he's, he's more worried about other things. He doesn't look confident with the puck. He's not shooting as much. He's not buzzing around as much. Maybe he's injured. Or maybe the Russian factor's in his head. Because I feel like Vasilevsky and Sergachev are winning the Battle of Russia right now. If I got to pick... Those two definitely outplay in Radulov. Kivaranta looked great again. It sucks for the Stars not to have Rupe Hins. That's a huge loss there. Even Blake Como. This is their assistant captain. This is a good Sasky guy who helps you win Stanley Cups. Helps you go far in the playoffs. And they're without him. That sucks. That's tough. We'll see how they make it through. It's not going to be pretty. I don't think anyone expects it to be pretty. But the road is tough when you're battling injuries. I mean, first off, they played all playoffs without Ben Bishop. And nothing against Anton Hudobin. I mean, Bishop's kind of a 950 or 850 guy as well. He's uh, a lot better than a Mike Smith. But you get what I'm saying. He's pretty hot or cold. Had his time. Was terrible. This run's impressive. I mean, I, I just look at it. And, you know, you think about what they've gone through. You're 12 seconds away from being down 3-1 against Calgary. You have to beat an incredible Vegas team. Vegas was good. And Dallas was so resilient in that. I mean, it's incredible that they're even in a 3-2 series right now. I think you'd ask most people... You know, if this is the analytics community, they're saying they should be done. They had one shot in the first overtime period. That's not going to keep you in too many games. Tampa Bay has been a better team for the most part, but that's why we play the games. It's not about who's been a better team. 
but who wins the hockey game? Who scores more? That's what it comes down to. That's why we play the game of hockey. And I mean, if you want to be one of those analytics community people that I... I I don't even remember who it was. I, don't, I think it's someone under some fake profile on Twitter. They tried saying Dallas is the seventh best team in the NHL. I'm sorry. I don't know if you don't know how the NHL works. Maybe that's not in your math equations. Dallas is the final two team. That's a top two team in my books. That's the top two teams in anyone's books. And I get it. There might have been some teams who weren't. As prepared to come to the bubble, weren't too happy to come to the bubble. Maybe they're fine with going home from the bubble. That doesn't matter. You can't rank them ahead of Dallas. The Dallas Stars have literally beat everyone in their way, and now they're facing off with you know a top two NHL team in Tampa Bay. That's the bottom line. Pretty simple. Now someone could tell the analytics community that. That would be very helpful. For the sanity of everyone. And we are going to jump into that a little bit more. i got a few more thoughts here on Game 5 as well that I had noted down. Was Anton Hudobin wearing new pads? I would love... I was going to message, you know, Kevin Woodley, someone like that. Totally forgot. But it really felt like Anton Hudobin was wearing new pads. That's a bold choice if it's true. I think, like, there was only, like, one puck mark on there. And I was trying to look at pictures from Game 4, and I swear, I swear there was more puck marks on there. It had to have been. There's no way it wasn't. That's a bold choice, though. And you see a lot more goalies doing it where gear doesn't really need to be broken in as much right now. But it's still a bold choice. And maybe it was uh, switching it up. Maybe he thought, this last stuff hasn't worked for me. So I'm just going to give it a try. Maybe maybe it was just switch the mojo. I don't, I don't even know how you really justify it. But he was legit. I mean, he outplayed Vasilevsky. And he's going to have to do it again. Twice more. If they want a chance at winning this series. I think all the Jake Ottinger talk was stupid. I don't think that that was even a thought. Then Rick Bonus said like, oh, Vasilevsky asked if I could, if he could play game five. Like, no kidding he's going to want to play game five. No kidding he's going to play game five. Did you really think that Ottinger with his 20 minutes of NHL action or 28 minutes? He isn't allowed a goal yet. That's pretty cool. I'll give it to that. Shout out to the Tarpsoft boys for uh, that fact. I believe it was one of them that first put it out there. But Hudobin switching gear for game six of the game five of the Stanley Cup finals. That's crazy. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. I mean, being a goalie guy, you're kind of looking at it. You're like, wow, that's that's bold. That's super bold. And especially for a guy who plays like Artris Urbe. He's all over the place. Pretty cool, though. I'll give him some credit right there. I mean, for Dallas, the key, you know, it sounds like a bantam hockey coach. Traffic in front, pucks on net. Look at Perry's goal. Pavelski, I mean, pucks in front, get in front, get those greasy goals. That's how it happens in playoffs. (laughs) Doesn't happen on too many breakaways. Really doesn't. Not many teams have the skill and speed of Tampa Bay where, like, that Palat goal, <laughs> flying past everyone. Lindell's going to be tougher on a stick. Has to have a better pivot. Kudobin probably could have poke checked. Whatever. Still an unreal goal. you got to tip your hat where it's due. Andre Palat, that was nasty. That was nasty. Uh, on that game-tying goal, Victor Hedman, what are you doing? You're floating up. You're floating. You're puck-watching. That's another bantam coach saying right there. You, you just kind of floated away from Perry. Gave him that extra second or two in front of that, and that's all the difference. That's what you need. I mean, if Hedman's right on him, no chance against that second rebound. Probably has his stick tied up. Vasilevsky probably finds it, covers up. 4D's going to hurt the Stars, though. The Bolts forwards, they are wrecking balls. How about Sorelli? Now, this is a guy who I get it doesn't get talked enough about. Because he might not even be a top five guy. 
on Tampa Bay right now. This guy's a wrecking ball. He's hitting Klingberg. He's hitting Haskinen every chance they get. I love it. I love it. He's smaller, but boy, that's a guy you want on your team. That's a guy you win with. That's a difference maker in the Stanley Cup Finals. Say what you want about hits. We're going to get to that next segment. Probably before the Game 6 preview, I would say. Because I got a lot to say about hits. Sorelli's been a difference maker. And that wears you down. I mean, the Stars are playing with 4 or 5D. I get it. Hanley's their uh, 5th D-man. You know, Sakura, Sakara, he's banged up. Sometimes, sometimes you just can't go like that. And they've they've dealt with their fair share. Shout out Justin Dowling, though. What's up? Undefeated in the lineup with the Dallas Stars in playoffs this year. That's good. That's good. Former Swift current Bronco. What's up? And I'm just going to end it with this. One more jab at the analytics community. I mean, for everyone saying this one's done. That's why we play the game. You play to the end. You play to whoever gets more goals. You play to whoever scores that overtime winner. It was Dallas. Who knows? Could be Tampa tonight. Could be all over. The analytics community could say they predicted it. Should have been earlier. Whatever they want. We play it out. It's the game of hockey. We don't want refs deciding it. We don't need no chintzy penalties in game four overtime. Because Jamie Ben's stronger. That's not a slew foot, by the way, if you don't hit him with your foot. They literally engaged in a battle. 100% 100% Johnson knew what he was doing when he was engaging with Jamie Benn, and Ben threw him out of the way because he's way stronger, way better on his skates. And, I don't know, it's a man against boys. What do you want? Ben breathes on him, as Pavelski says. That's hockey. That's hockey. It's rough. It's physical. You have to be able to stand up for yourself. And I get it. Maybe, maybe the refs wanted an even-up call. That's fine. That's just how it is with refing. I mean, if you can't think for yourself, you might as well just try and even it up. Pat yourself on the back. I get it. They're probably looking for it. It happens. It is what it is. Chad Kirk, what a shot, though. Great shot. Perfectly placed. I mean, low blocker is the place to go in these playoffs. Hudobin seems to struggle with it. And so does Vasilevsky. Be interesting to see, though. Game 6 tonight. Of course, Wits Nutrition and Performance Question of the Day is up on Twitter. Yeah, you know, Reach out to us. Let us know. Said, hey, it's a simple question today. Game 6. Who wins? What's the score? We're going to dive into that after the break as well. So many channel news, Game 6 preview, and still to come. Yes, still to come. Ron Dugay, former NHLer, played Team Canada with one of the stacked stackedest best teams bestest i don't even know what you call it an incredible team yeah we're going to talk all about that this is world hockey report coming to you live on 12 ounce sports zingo tv channel 761 world hockey report live cody jansen with you here 12 ounce sports zingo tv channel 761 monday september 28th we're in autumn now officially I do believe we're past summer I don't even remember when the last day of summer is, whatever. I think time change is coming up. We've got Thanksgiving. It's weird. We're talking Stanley Cup playoff hockey. And I am all here for it. Of course, you guys already know the best drink in the game and our official drink of these Stanley Cup finals. Yes, it's our official drink. We've claimed it. It's ours. They know. Av's fine with it. Mark's fine with it. Whatever. It's ours. We're the ones gassing them. We're the ones slinging them. You guys are the ones drinking them because you're the best. Cocoa vodka, cocoa rum. Unbelievable. Refreshingly different. Cocoa vodka and rum combines real natural coconut water from the Philippines. Triple distilled vodka or smooth Puerto Rican white rum and a splash of sparkling water. Cocoa vodka and rum started by two Canadians with a plan. Come up with a healthier summer drink that's made with quality ingredients. Time to ditch those bland seltzer waters. Guys and ladies... No one actually likes a seltzer water. They're disgusting. Just fizzy water, a little bit of like fake sugary flavor. They're gross. They're gross. I mean, you don't even want that beer bloat either. You know, you're sitting around. If you're just sitting on the couch watching games, like, sure, you can have a beer or two. I'm telling you, you know, after a while, you're going to be like, ugh. Cocoa vodka, coke rum, it's going to change it. You're going to feel good after. Like, it's quality ingredients, guys. 
It's that simple. And ladies, I'm sorry, I keep saying guys, fellas, whatever. It's unreal stuff. It's quality ingredients. You actually feel like a normal human being after you drink drink it. None of that guilt. Coco vodka and rum. Available at BSW Liquor in Sherwood Park in Calgary. Great Canadian liquor stores in Alberta. Calgary co-op locations. And even right here in the fort, shout out. Econo Liquor across the street. Don't forget, order online as well. If you're in the States, they're in a ton of new states now. I mean, just go talk to your local store. Local corner store, whatever. Tell them, hey, order it in. It's legit. Cocoa Vodka, Cocoa Rum. Also, order online. Enjoy Cocoa.com. Enjoy Cocoa Life with World Hockey Report. Go pick yourself up a case today. Check them out today. Enjoy Cocoa.com. That's enjoycoco.com. We will get into some Game 6 preview. There's a bunch of NHL news we do need to break down, though. John Cooper officially said yesterday Steven Stamkos out for the remainder of playoffs. We didn't really talk about the Mark Stahl trade, but the Rangers sent him to the Red Wings like they packaged in a second-round deal. NHL veteran Chris Stewart retires. What a career for him. This is a dozen years, 11, 12 at least, and the Sens officially buy out Bobby Ryan's contract. Here's an interesting chart I saw. It's up on Twitter as well, at World Hockey RPT, where they're a Woods Nutrition Performance Question of the Day up as well. Who's going to win Game 6? Let us know. We're on Twitter at World Hockey RPT. Find the tweet. Let us know. If you're right, maybe we'll send you something. Maybe we will. But you got to predict the score as well. Everyone keeps asking, oh, World Hockey Board Overtime Challenge, is it going on? Of course. All you got to do, use the hashtag. We've had two overtime games in the Stanley Cup Final. People are complaining. Oh, I haven't won yet. Use it. Try more. I don't know. Let me know. Just, just punch it in. There's one rule. One rule to the game. Use the hashtag WHROT Challenge. Not that hard. We'll send you free swag. It's been flying around anyways. I mean, people are posting it left, right, and center. I love it. I'm fine. I'm fine. I got no problem. You guys want to rock our merch. You guys are going to keep supporting us. We'll support you. We'll be talking about that. Interesting chart here. Average number of hits per 60 minutes. I'm going to read the top five teams, and I'll also read the bottom five. You got Dallas at number one. The Isles at number two, both of them over 40 hits per 60 minutes. Number three, you got Vegas. Four, you got the Rangers. Five, you got Tampa. Four of those five teams were in the conference finals. Pretty clear right there. Bottom five, Pittsburgh, Chicago, Columbus, Nashville, Toronto. All of those teams either lost out in the play-in round or the first round of playoffs. Coincidence? I think not. And... For the analytics community to, I don't, I don't even know if they're stretching it, if they're you know desperate for something to talk about. I don't really understand why this was such a big deal, why they got so defensive. But if you are saying the reason that those top four, five teams always lead in hits is because they're more, or they have the lead more. I, that just seems ass backwards, doesn't it? If you have the lead, that's usually because you're controlling the game. You've got the puck. You're having the offensive possessions, and you don't hit with the puck. That's that. I mean, that's their words: is you don't hit with the puck, and I fully agree with that. So then, why on earth would the top teams? And everyone goes, "Oh, that's caveman style. That's caveman analytics." I mean, these are their analytics. These are the numbers that they want to break down, they want to talk about, and as soon as something happens that's like, oh, it doesn't pump up the Leafs or skill. Like, the Leafs are dead last in here. They average 19 hits per 60 minutes. You can't tell me that there's a difference or that there's not a difference between Dallas and Tampa averaging 40, almost 41 and 38. 38, 39, let's round up. Hits per game. Oh, playoffs get more physical as playoffs go on. Well, no. I, I Okay, maybe yes. But why does that happen? It's because the physical teams move on. It's a playoff series. 
This is when, you know, the boys become men. This is when the truly, I mean, hockey's our game. Hockey is our game. You have to play it physically. You have to be tough. And so, so if it does get more physical, come Stanley Cup playoff time, that's what happens. That's why those teams win. That's why St. Louis wins. Look at Fiz- or look at Pittsburgh when they were beating Nashville there. They were just running around, buzzing, forechecking 24-7. That's what Dallas and Tampa are doing to each other. They know that that's what it takes to win. And so... I don't know. People say, "Oh, this is the you know this doesn't actually matter." You know, this is just how the chart's been made to make these teams look good. It's pretty black and white, if you ask me. I mean, the soft teams are at the bottom. The soft teams are the ones that are eliminated right away, and the teams that hit the most are going furthest. Why? Because it's a game of wearing down your opponent. I'm not saying you got to go out there and try hurt your opponent every single shift, but what do you think Anthony Sorelli's doing when he takes runs at Klingberg and Haskinen? The guy's a genius. John Cooper's got him playing incredible. I'll take him on my team any day. I see Nikita Kucherov, Steven Stamkos hitting guys out there, and Stamkos is two minutes of ice time. That's probably more hits than Austin Matthews, Nylander, Marner had all playoffs. That's what playoff hockey is. It's not hard. It's not overcomplicated. You play tough. You play to the end. Don't worry about the fancy shit. It's not going to happen. Not going to happen against the big boys. Love that chart. It's up on our Twitter, of course, at World Hockey RPT. You can check it out. I mean, hey, some of the other teams that are up there. You got Calgary, Washington, and although it might be disappointing playoffs for Calgary, you can't lie. They gave Dallas a run for their money. They did. They did. They had a chance to put them in a 3-1 hole, and they didn't. Washington didn't look good, but still, that that style of play, you can tell that's why, why they won the Cup a couple of years ago. Montreal, they overexceeded. Why? Because they played that rough, tough, physical, hard-nosed hockey. Boston, you got to expect that from them. I mean, that, that, that's rounding out your top ten right there. Simple as that. Also, World Hockey Park merch, go check it out. Pam Beasley, though, The Office. We're big Office guys right now. She's now a Ghost Stars fan. First it was the Kings, then it was the Blues, now it's the Stars. We'll take it. She can't stick to one anyways. Office, guys. Get to know what I mean. Shout out NBC also. Corey Perry did not win a 2007 Stanley Cup with San Jose. Good try, though. Maybe they combined him and Pavelski. Kind of embarrassing. Kind of embarrassing. You got one job. Stanley Cup final, one job. I already said Dallas Stars yet to lose when former Swift Current Bronco Justin Dallings in the lineup. Let's see. I would assume he's in for game six. You would have to assume he's in for game six. Also, Aaron, Vegas scores. Let's calm down. Tyler Johnson didn't get the goal. You're not our title sponsor for the week. We should be your title sponsor. Give me a break. Stop wasting my time, as your one and only Jonathan Marcia so would say. Johnson wasn't scoring. You snake bit. It's not 2015 anymore. It's not 2015 anymore. The game's changed. His team's changed. Just how it is. Also, just saw this come across. Shout out. Rod Pellew. Retires. Age of 36. Hey, five NHL seasons. Grinded it out. The Devils, the Ducks. That's another one. After uh, Chris Stewart there yesterday as well. That's pretty cool. All right, let's take a look at Game 6 here as well. Of course, brought to you by Coco Vodka. Coco Rum, the best. Also, 12-ounce sports, your home for Sports Talk Radio, the best sports talk. I don't believe Glenn's live today. Tons of other stuff. we got the JD Sports Show, Minor League Rando tonight. A lot of good stuff on the network. Keeps going. Keeps building up. I wanted to talk Game 6. And I get to my point because I'm selfish. Before I get to her Woods Nutrition Performance Question of the Day, because I know there's some answers hauling in on that. Game 6 preview. As generic as it sounds, Dallas needs a better start. And I get it, they've got 9, 10 come from behind wins. But this is a team that if they get up by 2, you just have that feeling that they're going to lock it down. They've got that in them. 
they've got that simplistic style that they can lock down a two-goal lead. Can they also come back being down? Of course. Do you want to be in that position against Tampa Bay again? No. No. I think they learned their lesson. Tampa probably could have blocked a few more shots, whereas in overtime, season on the line, Stanley Cup on the line, Dallas tried to block everything and anything. That's what it needs. That's what it takes. That's what it do. Ask why. Uh, yeah, so Dallas better start. They also could get their power play to heat up. I mean, it's about time. That shows up, right? You already need, you already know, you need Hudobin. They'll play Vasilevsky for a couple of games here. Ben and Sagan, they can show up anytime. <laughs> I'm still baffled by that Ben passing overtime. Like, just shoot it. You're walking right down on Vasilevsky. He could have deked. He had a breakaway at that point. The D-man, I believe it was Hedman. Like, he was cheating pass hard. Doesn't seem that hard. I mean, just go in. Buzz in. Let it fly. Low blocker. Who knows, hey? It's a new day. It's a new day. I mean, Sagan had three assists in the game. So, maybe I shouldn't be ripping on him. Goals. Goals, goals, goals. Clutch guys score goals. We'll leave it at that. People remember the goal scores. Sorelli might be the best four checker in the league. I already said that. For Tampa, I mean, keep doing what you're doing. You're hammering on the four check. You're flying around out there. You're connecting on a couple of chances. I don't know. Like There, there wasn't anything terrible about Tampa's game. They've played a couple of good games. It's just, I mean, Dallas is a good team as well. There's just two great teams. In the Stanley Cup Finals. We got a great series. I mean, we've been spoiled. Like, aside from Washington, Vegas. Well, I guess coming off of, like, Pittsburgh, Nashville, Washington, Vegas, which were mediocre series. They weren't great by any means. A couple of good moments, of course. But, like, St. Louis, Boston last year. That was a barn burner. Seems like we're in for another one. I mean... Tampa, Dallas, these two teams, they keep putting on a show. I'll keep watching. I got no problem with that. Does it not seem, though, that Maroon, Coleman, Gaudreau have slowed down a little bit? Are they slowing down, or is Dallas just faster than their opponents? This is one that I've kind of been just, you know, bouncing around in my head here a little bit. And uh, I'm not confused. I just don't understand. These are your heavy guys. These are your guys who should be in the battle. I've, I've noticed Jan Ruta more than them. Also, I mean, I don't know if Coburn's healthy or not. That would be a nice addition to get him back. Or Bogosian. Nothing against Ruta. Like, he's fine. He gets in the mix. Not the fleetest of foot. Not the best defensively. Back to the forwards, though. Like, Gaudreau, Coleman, Maroon. They can do more. They can make more of an impact. And I don't think they're done. I don't think they're done in this series. <laughs> you know, if I get a bet on one of them, those three scoring tonight, I would. I think that this is just the moments that they're made for. They had a couple of rough games there. And the Bolts need some more offense from their D. I, I get it. They get offense. They got the Sergachev goal. But when Tampa has success, their offense, you know, a lot of it comes from the back end. A lot of it comes from Hedman maybe jumping up. A lot of it comes from Shattenkirk flying down the wing, buzzing a shot, low block. Sergeyev crushed that puck. I think I think for Tampa, a little bit more. If that offense comes from the defense, they got a chance. They got a really good chance because, I don't know, that's just one way they can separate themselves. They've built their team to the point where you can you can risk jumping up in the play because you know you got fat forwards who are fast enough to back check. Eric, this is our Woods Nutrition Performance question today. Hit us up on Twitter at World Hockey RPT. Said we'll keep it pretty simple. What's your prediction for Game Six tonight? Eric says hoping for a Game Seven, but I think Tampa hoists the cup tonight. Didn't give a score. It'll be interesting. I, I kind of want to see what the celebration looks like, honestly. Like, I'm sure they're going to be pumped and all, but it's got to be a little weird. Are there any fans in there? I don't know. 
be interesting to see what they do. I, 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 everyone's like, oh, are they going to boo Batman? I don't care. I really, I mean, that that's the last damn I give of what they do to Gary Batman. I don't care. I don't think anyone else should really care. Arjun stars force a game seven tonight. And his score, he thinks it's going to be high scoring. He's going with 4-3. There you go. Bet team totals over 2.5. Keep it simple as that. Use mybookie.ag, promo code 12OZ, sports when signing up. Arjun, I, I, I like it. I don't know, 4-3? I, I think a 3-2 game suits these teams well. But also, could you not see a low scoring one? Could you not see him locking it down a little bit? Maybe a 2-1 game? No, I like 4-3 as well. I do like 4-3. But I'm going to meet in the middle. I'm going to go 3-2. Oh, I mean, I, I would love to say the Stars are able to close it out. But I think, I, I don't know, Tampa had their chance. I don't know if they mess up twice. I don't know. I don't know if they mess up twice. I'll go Tampa Bay, 3-2. I'll eat Crow if I have to. Game 7 Wednesday? I would love to see it. I said, hey, is double overtime Game 7 too much to ask for? It would be wonderful. It would be amazing. And come on. Everyone wants Game 7 overtime. Stanley Cup Final. You know that next goal is shed in the mitts. There's nothing better. And I get it. Everyone's like, oh, it'd be really cool to see Tampa scoring overtime just for an overtime Stanley Cup winner. I want to see Game 7 because just that that feeling you get in your gut watching. I can't even imagine playing in it when you know that the next goal is going to win someone a Stanley Cup. It's crazy. It's crazy to think about. Alrighty, huge guest coming up after the break here. Ron Doogie, former Rangers legend, first round pick, former Team Canada guy, Canada Cup. I believe it was 82. Unreal lineup. We're going to talk to him about some of the players he played with, you know, what it was like playing in the NHL back then. Absolute stud as well. Couple of Emmys, podcast host. We are going to break into all of that. Of course, interview. That one's going to be brought to you by 2D Wrap. Should be your go-to by now. There's still some sunny days. You got to keep those drinks cold. Also, winter's coming. You want to keep those drinks hot. Perfect for like a Tim Hortons cup. Better than those little sleeves he give you. Yeah, this stuff is legit. 2D Wrap. Time to ditch that traditional koozie. 2D Wrap, the universal drink insulator, fits any beverage, hot or cold. Made in Canada, 2D Wraps are made with high-grade military neoprene. Highest quality product possible. Strong and durable 2D Wrap. Keeps your drink hot or cold for hours on and Check them out today. 2DWrap.com. That's T-U-D-I-Wrap.com for the best drink accessory in the game. All right, quick commercial break. We're going to come back. Ron Dugay. What's up? It's World Hockey Report Live Monday morning on Zingo TV Channel 761. It's World Hockey Report Live. Cody Jansen with you here. Zingo TV Channel 761, 12 out sports. It is Monday, 846 local time, September 28th. Wow. It's like three months until Christmas here. Special guest, very special guest. First round pick, Team Canada alumni. Had a nice 673 points in the NHL, 700 penalty minutes, host of the Up in the Blue Seats podcast, two-time Emmy winner, winner, and all-around stud. Ron Dugay, how are you? Hi, good morning. I'm, uh, I'm doing well. I'm, in, uh, I'm at home now. I'm still in lockdown, living in Florida. I've been able to get to New York, so I've been doing a lot of rest time, which I uh, kind of needed because I went hard there for about 15 years commuting from Florida to New York and Canada, even going to Russia, playing alumni games and, uh, and just uh, enjoying myself. Well, so you, I've been on rest time. You've been a busy man post-career as well. And so, hey, we appreciate you taking the time here. And I want to talk about, you know, you made the jump to the NHL right after being a first-round pick in some very, 
very physical days of the league. Like, what was that like? I mean, when you first get to New York, like, like how big was the transition for you? Were you able to get in pretty smoothly? I mean, you put up some points in your first year, so obviously it wasn't crazy. Well, I was drafted in the first round, uh, high in the first round, 13th overall, and so it was uh, expectations that I would uh, make the team. Uh, the Rangers uh, had a spot for me. Uh, Pete Stemkowski, who was a centerman, they had released uh, to make room for me. So I went in there with a ton of confidence because I had a good junior career in Sudbury. Um, and a lot of it has to do with uh, your lack of, uh, you know, there's the ability, but a lot of it has to do with confidence, confidence in yourself. Do you believe that you're good enough to play in the NHL? And so the one thing I did not lack is uh, confidence. So I always felt like I, I always challenged myself to be the best guy on the ice. And um, because I had the size and the strength, which kind of gave me an advantage, as long as I performed, worked hard, that I would get good results. So through my junior career, right in my rookie season, I played as an underage as a 15-year-old. I scored 20 goals. So I knew that I belong in major junior. And it was the same thing when I ended up in the NHL. I mean, it, there was a level of excitement for me to get there because – I, uh, like I, I just said, I, I like to challenge myself. So I step on the ice. I want to be better than everyone else. So, and then you add the fact that I'm at Madison Square Garden playing at the Garden with the wild and crazy, emotional, passionate Ranger fans. And that just brought the best out of me. So was I intimidated? No. Uh, I loved it. It brought the best out of me. Now, when you think about what the NHL was like back then, yes, it was very physical, very tough. We were like gladiators on ice. But playing major junior, it was almost similar. It, uh, you know, because it was tough playing major junior, you know, with having to defend yourself, the physical part of the game, all the fighting, the brawls. So going to the NHL is essentially the same, other than now you're playing against men, bigger and stronger. So, but I had the strength. I was prepared to be the best that I can be. And uh, I managed it. It was hard, but you just got to suck it up, man up, and you just go out and do it. Well, hey, you had the confidence for sure, and you had the hair to back that up. I mean, you're just a stallion on the ice back in the day. And now I'm going to jump ahead a few years. 1982, you're over a point per game with the Rangers. Unreal season. You get the call for Team Canada. Canada Cup. I mean, we can run through that lineup, but I mean, we're talking unbelievable names. I believe Guy was on there. You know, you got Gretz, guys like that. What was that like? I mean, being a Canadian, you get to represent Canada at, you know, one of the largest international competitions. Uh, well, it was uh, Bill Torrey that invited me. Uh, he was part of management, and because he had seen me play a lot with the Islanders, he thought that I would be a good fit because when you put a team together, you can't have all skill type players. And so he thought I'd be um, a player that would fill that uh, role as far as a checking type of player. And so he invited me to camp. And uh, for me, preparing to go there and again challenging myself to play with the best, I love the challenge. So I showed up in great shape, uh, surrounded by legendary players, Hall of Fame guys. Most of them are Hall of Fame guys. Gretz was there, Gila Fleur, Perot, Bill Barber, uh, Daryl Sittler. I mean, you name it, they were all there. And uh, I was convinced that I was good enough to play. And sure enough, right away, they put me with Butch Goring. Uh, I, think I, I think maybe even Clark Gillies, but then they thought, you know, Bob Ganey might be a good fit. So I knew my role going into it, and that was to play with a lot of energy, be physical, and Scotty Bowman, uh, like my style, so I made the team. So that's probably my biggest achievement when I look about when I look at my career. My biggest achievement was making that team and then being part of it. Unfortunately, though, the end result wasn't so good because we ended up losing to the Russians. But being on that team was a great experience because then I leave I leave Team Canada and I go to New York in great shape, feeling good about myself, and I end up scoring 40 goals. And so it's, it's amazing what uh, um, confidence and, and having the right coach that believes in you, it goes a long way with uh, being successful in the NHL. 
No kidding. No, it's an unreal experience. Obviously, I mean, the Soviets were a wagon back then. Like, that's a, that's a challenge and a half for even the best of the NHL stars, as you said, if you don't have that chemistry. But, I mean, hey, you, you played the role. I mean, if you got to pick a guy, there's some obvious answers. I mean, everyone's going to go towards 99-66. But in your eyes, who was someone who just took you back and you were just like holy, these guys were a step ahead of everyone else. And maybe even someone who doesn't get talked about as much. Well, I, I got to play with Telesposito right in my first year. And so what was so impressive about Espo, and I think we saw what he did uh, during the Summit Series, was um, his leadership qualities. And so now I ended up in New York, and there's Espo after watching him perform against the Russians and I like what a wow what a wow right he was like uh he was like a father figure to me so that was a good way to start playing in the NHL was having Espo as uh you know as a teammate and then from New York I ended up you know ended up in Detroit and I played with Stevie Eisenman well I got to play with Stevie in his rookie year and so um he just got better with every game and then course you see that uh, he wins Stanley Cups he ends up uh in the Hall of Fame and uh he was he was a quiet leader competed hard and then I ended up in Pittsburgh playing with Mario now Mario had been uh that was his second year so I actually got to play with Mario on the same line so impressive guy <laughs> quiet leader didn't say a whole lot he just did it on the ice and then I ended up in LA play with Gretz now Gretz you could just sit back. I didn't play on the same line as Chris, but I got to sit on the bench and watch him perform. And I was in the dressing room with my travel with the guy, so I really got to know what he was all about. Uh, I did play with him in, uh, for Team Canada, but uh, yeah, I got I got to play with some exceptional players. Who would be my first round pick? I think I would go with a guy that I never got to play with. I got to play. I played. I didn't play with. Didn't play against. But it was Bobby Orr. Yeah. I mean, Bobby Orr, to me, uh, he he was different. He was so different. And um, I didn't get to play against him because he ended up retiring about two weeks before I got to, he was going to play against him. He was in Chicago. Uh, so, for me, it would be uh, Bobby Orr. And then, you know, you can pick him. You got Gretz. You got Mario. Now, you tend to want to go with the bigger frame if you got two legendary players. Would I go with Mario? Uh, you know, I'm not quite sure. It just depends on the type of uh, team you have. So either one of them, uh, you know, they're outstanding. And then Messier, of course, Messier, the great leader that he is. So I got to play against a lot of good players and play with some great players. You definitely weren't shy on the ice either. Uh, who, I mean, you, you know, if there was one player who you, you just kind of, you sit back now and you were like, holy shit, that guy was tough. Like, who, who would that be? Uh, well, there are so many. I mean, you you mean intimidating, tough, like dangerous, tough? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, hey, I mean dangerous, tough. Maybe someone who you actually went toe to toe with. You know, just just one guy out there. Probably the the, the well, there's a few, and, and I guess um, I end up fighting Clark Gillies, who is a monster of a man. But he wasn't. He was most his fights would be defending teammates. It wasn't like he was running around wanting to hurt people. Um, and then there, you know, Ben Wilson. Ben was dangerous. Ben was tough. Him and I, uh, we locked arms one time. We didn't end up fighting, but he's the one guy that uh, he could fight. And he was dangerous. He would try to hurt you. And uh, and so uh, I'm trying to think. There are, there are just so many guys out there, but probably Ben Wilson, um, Holmgren was, you know, Holmgren was another guy, though, that uh, it wasn't like he was looking to hurt people, but he was super tough, so there's so many, and then I play with Barry Beck, you know, Barry was, you had to keep your head up with Barry Beck, otherwise he didn't hurt you. That's that's incredible. So you also had a, had a bunch of comebacks here. We only got a couple minutes left. I did want to ask you about this. Like, how, how do you end up coming back and playing in like the WCHL, the ACHL, the EPA? Like, I, I mean, most people aren't going to know about this, but like, was it like something like an owner just wanted to fill seats? Or you, did you have that itch to come back? Like, how did that come about? You know what? I think it goes to me being disappointed with my career. I I played twelve years, and I should have played sixteen. Um, 
I just, I, uh, I wanted to play longer. I was still healthy. I'd lost some confidence, and I, there wasn't any room for me to play in the NHL. No one really wanted me because they can get a younger player at a lower cost. So I left the NHL unsatisfied. And so for me, until this day, I'm still chasing scoring another goal. Uh, and and it's always me wanting to prove that I can still do it. So now at the age of 63, in the past I'd, I'd be a young guy who wanted to play against the older guy and kind of uh, say, kind of prove to myself that I'm as good if not better than the older guy. Now I'm an older guy, I'm playing against the younger guys, wanting to prove that I'm, I can compete with a younger player. So it's just the fire that I have in me and the pleasure and the fun that I have in playing the sport, because it's been my life. And, uh, and because I'm healthy now, I can still play. And so that was the reason I'd come back. Someone would ask me, and I'd say, oh, yeah, okay, sure, not a problem. <laughs> you know, I don't even, I hadn't been skating a whole lot, but yeah, I could do it. In my mind, I could do it. Now, I may not have been great. I was okay. I can still compete. But it's, it's the thrill uh, of playing, scoring a goal, competing, uh, getting a reaction out of the fans. It's all, it's, to me, it's not just playing hockey. It's entertaining. Ron, you are the best. Really appreciate you hopping on this morning. Hey, be sure to follow him on Twitter and Instagram at RonDugate10. That's D-U-G-U-A-Y. He's also on Cameo. So if you need an absolute legend, get Ronnie on Cameo there. Ron Dugate as well. Anything else you want to plug or anything else you got going on? No, I, uh, you know, it's been quiet for me, so I've been doing those cameos. People want me to reach out oh, to them on a birthday wish or say a nice message. I do that, and then I do my podcast. We're on a pause right now. We're going to do another one on uh, when we start up for the draft, and then there'll be the full season next year, which I've enjoyed working with the New York Post. Um, other than that, I'm just waiting for New York to open so I can get back there. Ron, I can't thank you enough for taking the time. Thanks again, and take care. All right, later. Bye. Ron Dugan, right there, New York Rangers legend. Great stories. Hey, we appreciate it, as always, to everyone who listened to the show. Be sure, if you missed any of it, podcast is going to be up iTunes, wherever you get that 12-ounce sports, your home for Sports Talk Radio. Big shout-out again, Zingo TV Channel 761. Till next episode, I think we're on Thursday morning now. In case we get a Game 7 on Wednesday night, we'll talk to you then. Be better. Be kind.